Welcome to the Angler Podcast. This is Sean McNulty from the Wake Up Newsletter here at the Angler uh, here uh, in New Jersey on the morning of Friday, April 28th. Joining me today from Los Angeles, Richard Rushfield and Elaine Lowe, as always. And uh, after a week of sitting through several earnings calls, I'll do my best to creatively answer as many of your questions as possible without actually answering them. So I hope that's okay with the both of you. Uh, giving some color, some ARPU, whatever, whatever you need. I got, I got all your data, Elaine. So I know, I know you're missing this week, being out in Comic Con, uh, CinemaCon, right? Uh, yeah, I need all the ARPU updates, Sean. <laughs> Richard's been <laughs> texting me all week. Richard, I'll give it to you. Just, just <laughs> not bother me, Richard, please. It's you know, come on. Um, <laughs> and of course, please follow the Ankler uh, on socials at the Ankler and uh, subscribe to the Ankler to get the full suite of newsletters and podcasts at theankler.com. So this week, uh, a lot of people at Disney are unfortunately out of a job. Come the month of June, it sounds like. Uh, and a lot of people who write for Disney may be out of a job uh, come Tuesday, um, more from the WGA, which we'll we'll touch on in a bit. Uh, Tucker Carlson and Don uh, Lemon are both definitely out of a job. Uh, Richard, uh, have you been fired from anything this week or are you still fully employed? Just so we just so we know here. Uh, weirdly, weirdly, I still I still am working here. I have not been uh, not been called to account for my my behavior and actions yet. No, uh, no, uh, CinemaCon I'm, faux pas. We need we didn't wasn't uh, reported in the trades or anything. Or I'm uh, waiting for the chickens to come home to roost from uh, from our, our our wild time in Vegas, uh, listening to six hour presentations for uh, uh, for three straight days. But it'll make uh, it make a man go crazy. But uh, of course, we'll get to the, all the Comcast and ABC Universal as well. Uh, a lot to cover. But yeah, CinemaCon, uh, you're both freshly back from the uh, the casino-laden empire of uh, Las Vegas. I've had enough of hearing about trailers I can't see all week uh, and other <laughs> courageous statements from studios about the movie theater business. Uh, some of it from the very studios that sold off all their product to streamers for a good year and a half. Uh, but that was oddly not a topic of conversation. But uh, first, Elaine, this is your first uh, CinemaCon. How was Richard as your guide? Give me the picture, <laughs> Richard Rushfield CinemaCon picture. I need details. The the Richard Rushfield guide. He was he told me I would not leave Caesar's Palace for three straight days, and I laughed at the time. But he was absolutely correct. <laughs> and, I walked into and, that, and, and I think you, I think you didn't want for hors d'oeuvres uh, during this this week. Is <laughs> yes. that you yeah? You just wander that? around, and a plate of hors d'oeuvres apparates in front of you. It's uh, it, <laughs> <laughs> I, I walked into that Caesar's Palace hotel on Monday afternoon and did not leave until Thursday morning. Richard, you were absolutely right. I thought you were exaggerating, but you were completely correct <laughs> because the schedules. It's like we were there from like eight a.m. and by the time the presentations and meetings and events ended, it was like 10 p.m. and I was just exhausted. But it was a good first CinemaCon, learned a lot. You know, I've been covering TV for the last four plus years now. So I I am a, a, a baby reporter again on the film side and met a lot of good folks, uh, you know, was not really aware of like, you know, the theater owners and, and, and this whole side of the industry. So it was really good to get acquainted with that. And Richard, you're the you're the the, the veteran here. What impressed yeah. you about it? Was there anything different about it? Give me your you know what's uh what's your takeaway here? What 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 uh what what does it, it rounds out here? What what's still in your mind? Well, movies are back, as you said. Uh, <laughs> well, the yes. uh, last year, er everybody's saying, yeah, movies are back, aren't they? Come on, <laughs> movies. We got same script. Um, this year, there was a lot less desperation about it, and you had a, a bunch of the studios present really full slates that uh, had a lot of movies and a lot of a lot of things that looked looked really solid. And uh, 
you know, Disney slate looked something like an old time Disney Disney slate from back in 2015 or something with a lot of a lot of big hits. And and the the talk had really shifted from this sort of desperate proclamation to it, it's amazing how in a year it's it, it's become conventional wisdom that yes, a theatrical release helps a streaming title. That that was that right. a year ago that was sort of an outlier sort of crazy wishful take and and now it's conventional wisdom but but when you look at it i you know i hadn't i hadn't really focused on the upcoming release schedule and we're we're going from uh this drought in, into the, the the most crazy train wreck of blockbusters <laughs> i've ever seen just take you through this on may 5th we get we get guardians opening um, two weeks later you have uh fast sex opening the week after that you have little you have little mermaid Coming right up after after Little Mermaid, you have the Spider Verse. Yep. Uh, a week after that, you've got going through the schedule here Transformers. Week after that, you you've got the Flash, and going on you have you you have this uh, two week period coming where you have Mission Impossible, Oppenheimer, and Barbie all op- all opening within ten days. And, and Indiana, Indiana uh, Jones on uh, July July fourth. Yeah, yeah. It's so it. We are about to hit such a pileup after after this drought for uh, years here. We're about to hit such a pileup of blockbusters. And usually when you have a schedule like that, you have, you know, two or three things that look like they'll be real hits. And then, you know, a few, yeah. a few maybes. <laughs> Question and a bunch, marks in there, yeah. And a bunch of, uh, wow, they're really just trying to dump that under the uh, all the noise. And I would say just about all of those look like, potential blockbusters there's not there's not an obvious clunker in the butt in the bunch there but it means nobody's gonna have a second weekend uh essentially and uh it's gonna be very hard to and and some people are gonna get hurt there not not all of them can make can make a billion dollars out of that so just like um, old times richard it's the old summer this is the old rules this is not like you know this is how it used to be this you know uh and it's funny yep. you mentioned the pileup but i mean even memorial day weekend has four wide releases maybe there's some five wide releases lined up you know that's going to be your train wreck right there so kick it all <laughs> kick it all all going four films going against the little mermaid so you know that's very reminiscent felt very reminiscent to me of whether that was the 2010s or the 1990s richard to me uh of this like this the old is new again right yeah, yeah. So the so the uh the theater owner's bravado of uh of theatrical is back. It's uh it 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 it's really gonna be uh played out here. I'll say that having never attended before, but attending this one, you could tell that the theme was movies are back this year. No, really, really they're back this year. And it was <laughs> we made it this time. Yeah, I could feel the reaction from last year not having even attended last year's CinemaCon <laughs> that there was a sense that perhaps last year the theme was also movies are back, but this year the theme was movies are really back. Last year they said it and then the studios showed their slates and the slates that they showed last year was a bunch of things that were coming out a year a year and a half later. <laughs> so it was sort of they were saying it, but but the studios all sort of showed up with kind of half cool. empty pockets. To uh, th- that was the interesting thing uh, this this year. We had a bunch of movies that um, we had seen trailers from that we were now seeing the trailer for the second year in a row because that, last year they'd been so desperate to fill out their presentations they had put in little sort of working uh, copies of 
of uh, of different films. So they were which they were explains back. a lot because we were watching Into the Spider Verse, and I was like, "Well, hey, that looks great." We got to watch a whole fourteen minutes of that, yeah. and everybody else came out of that like we saw that last year. <laughs> but <laughs> it, it sort of ch- that last year. Got her newbie. There you go. <laughs> but it yeah. sort of changed too. It was it was uh, last year they did it. They did a teaser of, of Wonka that that was like sort of universally panned and loathed. And this year they did a longer uh, clip of it, and 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 it looked fantastic, and uh, everyone seemed to, to like it. So it was it was funny how that changed. I mean, uh, Hugh Grant, right? Isn't he an Oompa Loompa? Or something Hugh Grant like that? is a Oompa Loompa. Yeah. That was yeah. uh, the big reveal. And Rihanna is as Smurfette. So yeah, it's twenty twenty five. That's going to be a little bit longer there. Yeah, Hugh Grant <laughs> doing the Dungeons and Dragons, Mister Franchise now, Dungeons and Dragons, and now Wonka. <laughs> <laughs> uh, his career is never never surprising. Um, so Elaine, give me, you know, this I read the speech bites, but you know, who gave the best speech? Who wowed you? Who was like a little more on the WTF side? Uh, you know, give me some in the room uh observations that that maybe didn't quite make the, the coverage or was something bigger or smaller in, in person, uh, do you think? Well, tell me, Richard, if you disagree with this. I thought Universal had the strongest showing there, both in terms of the slate and in terms of the energy they brought. Uh I mean, between was it Oppenheimer and, uh, you know, uh, the the Blumhouse's Exorcist. Uh, And obviously, uh, you know, they they, they had just a bunch of really strong, um, you know, uh, teasers and and, and sort of excerpts there. And uh, they brought out Vin Diesel for Fast X, who completely went off script. Yeah, I need more on this. I need need more on this, guys. What What was this? So Vin Diesel comes in and he just gives this incredibly heartfelt. Well, well, if I could say after... uh... First, the rest of the cast they have they they have the rest of uh, uh, Jordana Brewster and Michelle Rodriguez and uh, telling the entire history of the Fast franchise, film by film, and talking about how this is all about family, all about family, and, yeah, and, and we're all family. And then Vin comes out and says, "Yes, we're all about family." Now you guys get off stage <laughs> and took over and could continue, Elaine. Uh, all right, so Elaine, oh, yes. Then he goes completely off teleprompter, and you can see the camera, the teleprompter <laughs> operator just like frantically scrolling through. What when you part is he in? <laughs> like, where is he in the script? And uh, and and he, it was, I believed it. He felt very genuine. He said, like, this room is better than the Oscars. Um, and that, that he Does just he go won. to the Oscars, uh, first of all? So <laughs> he, that's a, I, I don't uh, believe he's won. He's, yeah, he's, no, uh, I don't, yeah, anyway, yeah, to be fair. Okay, Elaine, uh, sorry. And, 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 you know, the theater owner said they ate it up and, you know, I believed it because he, he just came up with such genuine enthusiasm and just knows how long this franchise has gone on. And, and, you know, I guess right. the support that but, these owners of, uh, theaters have given him. He, he took it to a place in talking about how. Fast is about family. It's about educating people. It's about uplifting, and 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 it's not disposable trash like Avengers and Star Wars. Oh, and then he went off and started doing sort of invitation. We're not just like playing with lightsabers here. Like, oh. And oh boy, and that, the fast is the real, the real uh, deal. The real wholesome, uh, educational, uplifting franchise, not like these, uh, not like this, this throwaway Star Wars. Uh, yeah. You know, Vin wasn't the only one that came out with just a ton of enthusiasm. Like Jack Black came out. There was no teaser or trailer for Kung Fu Panda. He just came out and did basically a <laughs> monologue of part of the script and like to a, to a nearly standing ovation that felt like people just ate that up and Compared to some of the talent that we saw on other dates who will remain unnamed, it did feel like the talent that Universal brought out were genuinely happy to be there. 
uh, which I I don't know. I think says something. Yeah. All right, Richard. How about uh, how about you? I mean, I, I would say I would say Universal and Warner's both had really full um, slates, and they both they they both had a lot of films and a lot of different kinds of films. Really, feel you know Disney has as as Disney does fewer films, but they looked at Little Little Mermaid, which had been widely derided after its first trailer. They showed they showed a a, a full scene. They showed the porn. Fortunate Souls scene with Melissa McCarthy as Ursula that looked, looked really good, uh, and I think we can put away put away the uh, the notions that this is going to be a bomb. Uh, there, oh the, yeah, I, I, yeah. There, there was a lot of uh, well, I mean, well, it's a lot of kind of yeah, other things around the film, but I think quality wise, I think uh, yeah, I think it should. When you be get there. the when you get the fanboy journalists writing about <laughs> yeah, family yeah, yeah. family films, um, right? Uh, yeah, always a good mTOR there. But um, Barbie looked like good unhinged fun. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm in. I'm in for that. Yeah. So my my uh, my sleeper trend of of them all is the return of the R rated comedy. That we saw, we saw a bunch of them from uh, Universal and Sony. There, 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 Paramount has one that they, they didn't show yet. I think it's not not ready yet. Uh, okay. Your dear Santa, but um, there, there's some definitely very, uh, very hard R rated comedies coming. And here, here was my uh, bit of reporting. I talked to the uh, spoke to the uh, the CEO of uh, Look uh, uh, of Look Cinemas, a dine in one of the nation's premier dine in. And they told me that R-rated comedies are the best performing category at at, at, at dyed-in theaters. Uh, Surprising. Uh, since what? All right. Uh, what? All right. That needs. I, that I would. I have a follow-up, uh, Mr. Look, uh, <laughs> theater chain. Uh, how many of them? Those. What? What? That. When was this? How many R-rated comedies have we had uh, in the past three years? I don't know. Maybe his point is. But... His, his point is that uh, that that the dine-in theater chain is 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 catering large uh, to huge extent to people out on dates. And that okay, R-rated comedies okay. are, are are huge, right, so good. that that those Date things night f- movie, right. yeah, fill up and and play for a very long time at, at his theater. So I I, yeah. I don't know that they're the highest grossing, but sort of the best performing per per right. screen is. Was, they, was, <laughs> they sell the most uh, booze at the uh, at the dine in theater. You know, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Which is where their, their markup is. I, I will note Hollywood in true form is releasing all of them in a four week period uh, this summer. So that's <laughs> they have the uh, Sebastian Maniscalco film uh, on Memorial Day. Then we have the uh, Jennifer Lawrence. Well, actually, we have them on the same day. Jennifer Lawrence's No Hard Feelings and Lionsgate's Joyride, which are both on the same day. The strays coming from Universal, which 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 also looked hilarious. And the Will Ferrell, Jamie Fox. Uh, talking dog movie for lack of, lack of a better term yeah. but more to come yeah already comedy that's the big kind of yeah will that come back that hasn't been tested as you know a lot of genres have come out we've seen what people come out for we'll see if already comedies return uh mgm wasn't there just i didn't read it i just want to confirm that i didn't miss anything on that right and like amazon with their big work back in theaters with 12 films there was none of that going on right richard is mgm usually there no i they, they don't they don't typically have their own slot that, that was another okay. interesting thing here because usually you have some company trying to nose its way in. you had stx had a slot for, for uh, years there and last year neon did a did a presentation uh, uh, and and none of them none of them tried that this year you didn't have any of the upstarts uh uh, trying to get in here yeah. this year, so I, I I don't know if that says something about the mid range or the indie sector, but uh, interestingly, I think maybe two of the the very biggest, most splashy ones there were under the Sony and Paramount thing were were Apple movies that they are right. that they are oh, right, yeah, 
Did they mention that, or was there any mention of Atlas at all? Just... Teaser of Napoleon at Sony. Sony. Right. So see, seen Napoleon and, and had a uh, a trailer for uh, uh, Killers of the, of the uh, Flower Moon. Moon yeah, there with you know, sure. serious filmmakers there. So yeah, Ridley Scott and, and Marty Scorsese. Um, was there any mention of our partnership with Apple, or was it more yeah, just a hey, lot, a lot, oh, okay. okay, a lot of and 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 Tom Rothman made a uh, a special appeal to the theater owners saying. Um, I I hope you will you will treat this film with all respect and give uh, it uh, uh, and and give it give it very special placement because you know what is riding on this. Something to <laughs> dot dot dot. Uh, like you want yeah. Apple, you want Apple to keep doing this, so make right, it a good right. experience for them. Yeah, just to round out, I'm sure there was little talk that the nation's uh, second largest theater chain is sitting in, in bankruptcy right now and will be resolved. In a couple of weeks, uh, not a lot of Regal Cinemas talk. Uh, probably not uh, on the forefront. I would imagine <laughs> not too much. I, no. The, the uh, 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 Elaine Elaine was there. I, I walked out of uh, the men's room at, at one point, and this uh, rascal scooter, you know, the little sort of yeah. wheelchair. <laughs> but it's in Vegas. Came, Come on, that's what everybody gets around. Came, well, it came zooming by, and I, I I had to leap back to avoid being run over. It was it was some sort of special souped up uh, rascal rascal there. Uh, going at like 90 miles an hour down this little hallway, and I leaped out of the way uh, an inch away from my life, and as it passed by, I said, is that Adam Aaron dry- driving that rascal? And The head of rece- uh, AMC Theaters, yeah. Head of AMC Theater, and later received uh, uh, confirmation that I was uh, a moment away from having my life taken by Adam Aaron and his, uh, ras- his rascal wow. scooter. I will confirm that a day later, I was almost also run over by a rascal scooter, uh, by a by a man in a suit so no no confirmation whether that was adam aaron <laughs> it's investigative journalism here elaine so uh, <laughs> more to come on that uh excellent roundup guys uh, you, uh, we'll give you a quick uh Cicel and ebert style you both saw the flash uh correct incorrect oh, okay elaine saw it you are if you want to say but i, I think it's that. very effective i think it'll do gangbusters i think it does everything it needs to accomplish is it the best superhero movie I've ever seen. Well, if you're David Zaslav, yes. If you're the rest <laughs> of us, maybe not. But it was solid. And I think there's enough nostalgia in there and there's enough heartfelt moments in there that it'll yeah. do well. Okay. Thumbs up. And Richard, you saw Guardians 3, right? I, I went last night in back in Los Angeles to the premiere. Oh, okay. That got premier much more Guardian. mixed reviews than The Flash. Yeah, what's your take, Richard? Guardians of the Galaxy movie. I thought it was it was fun. It, I, I I asked for two things from superhero movies at the, at this point. Like, is the action compelling or totally boring? And uh, are there jokes? Um, <laughs> and 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 on this 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 one on both counts, the action the action okay. was very solid. And uh, you know those characters are just like a sitcom family, and and you right. could just watch them bantering with each other for for the entire film. Done with a lot of music and imagination, and uh, you know, had some darker themes. Has been people are talking about this is a sad, dark movie, and it's it's not it 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 touches on some sort of darker things, but it's it's not it's not a sad movie. It's, what did uh, your son think? Uh, he he enjoyed it very much. I think he said I think eight point five was his. Oh movie. wow! All right, very nice. I Good like people. it. Better critic. All right. <laughs> Coming to theaters, in theaters only, uh, near you soon. Moving on here, we have uh, the strike is upon us, uh, Richard, really. Uh, we're recording mm. here on Friday. Um, the deadline is still, check my latest uh, alerts here, but still set for Monday. 
Uh, I've, I've read they're working through the weekend, Richard. I don't know how much that uh, means anything at this point. Uh, the last I had read was that the Writers Guild had gotten an offer back from the studios. Uh, they are evaluating, but that was uh, the last I'd, I'd seen of uh, where it's at. But uh, Tuesday would be the first day of the you know of the strike. The deadline is essentially Monday at, at midnight. So you know what happens, Richard? I guess I mean outside of I mean late night TV goes off immediately. There wouldn't be an SNL next uh, next Saturday. Pete Davidson is, is scheduled to host. That's but I mean prime time is the same. Morning TV is the same. It's not it's not an immediate real effect here, right? It's just a, just a picket signs and, and and we're on, right, Richard? Well, well, first of all, la- last minute uh, breakthroughs tend to come at the, la- at, the at the very last minute. Uh, so <laughs> true. this so is true. Yeah. Uh, I'm just saying where we are today at uh, recording, yeah. recording Friday so, morning. So e- even though there's no sign of real progress three days before, it doesn't mean that 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 48 hours later uh, there won't be. That said. Uh, there's not much reason for optimism about that. Any, anything can happen, but it would be a surprise, and uh, and and we expect that uh, we expect that they will walk out. And yeah, that's that that is what it means. Uh, that these talk shows. Uh, I remember last time they 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 had to drop. They had to stop doing monologues. And right. They scripted bits, just interviews which, or yeah, yeah. Which the, the late night shows are all scripted bits now, aren't they? I, I, don't, I don't watch them. They're much more than they were in 2007, for sure. I mean, it's, James it's, Corden's now off the air, probably one of the bigger ones. But Jimmy Fallon certainly, you know, does probably the most of them. Yeah, I mean, Johnny Carson in his day could sit around on the couch and and and, and chat with people for for hours. Chat with but, Ed, you know, yeah. But uh, can today's host do that? I I I, I wonder. Well, most of them. Take the summer off too, anyway. I mean, Kimball's gone for like two months now, so yeah, <laughs> I mean, early vacation so the, in a sense. So, the, so, so the picket lines begin. There's a lot of unanswered questions still that people are trying to sort out. Like, what, what, what do what do showrunners do who are who are employed? Right. As pro- they they have to walk off as the writers, but they're also the producers of their show. And can they, as producers, just abandon their show, which may be in post production or maybe or in production? Like, the scripts are written, yeah. right? What about director? Right, writer directors who are who yep. are who are, are dual or dual members and all these things. So it's um, a lot of questions still warding, uh, waiting to sort out. The Writers Guild is attempting to uh, suggest everyone everyone should walk out. Everyone walks away, and that's that. Um, that where where that legally stands is uh, to be to be sorted out yet. Did you guys see this thing? Uh, Janice had forwarded it to me, but uh, this the Teamsters kind of doing a sympathy strike. Did you guys, uh, you know, a little notice of this? So the Teamsters was a new a new wrinkle that you know if they walk out in sympathy with the writers, that's and my you know, my basic understanding of it is that that's a bit of a, a problem for production. Uh, I would I would think. Yeah, if uh, if 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 the Teamsters walk away, then then that's kind of it. You can't you can't you can't uh, shoot really. I can't mean, shoot it shoot at all. You know the the directors had put out a statement saying that they are after after previously putting out a statement saying that their people still have to go to work and their contract uh, says that they they put out another statement saying they support the writers and they they over right. <laughs> for what whatever that means they, right. they support we'll find, them yeah we'll find but, out maybe um, find out on Tuesday yeah but uh, yeah I mean that will be the next shoe drop because the directors the directors start there. Uh, their own negoti- negotiations in a couple of weeks now. So if the if the directors uh, also can't can't make a deal, 
then you then then it becomes a contagion and the whole sag comes after that and the whole you right. you, you risk a general uh shutdown here but if they make a deal with the directors the, the writer's problem remains relatively contained yeah Yep, and the directors, uh, yeah, they begin on May 7th, their negotiation, but uh, them, and I think SAG is also, they're both June 30th. Yeah, they have they have, they have contracts of their own, and they're required, and and, and you can't, there, there, there's no law that lets you walk out in, in support of someone else's strike and, <laughs> yeah, and protect you. Yeah, protect you, yeah. Uh, yeah, so you, you can do that, but but you're you're open to the same consequences of if I decided not to show up for work today. Well, we're, we're, we're thankful you're here, Richard. Thanks for uh, not, uh, <laughs> not bringing your picket sign today. So we, we appreciate it. Uh, so, Elaine, a busy week over at Disney. Not unexpected, but we've definitely got some insight into, I guess, where Iger's starting uh, this layoff period. You know, 7,000 jobs are, are slated to be lost here. Which, you know, But there's, this wasn't all of it. This was pretty much only about half which the next half is not slated for about another month, which makes for a great time to be at work if you survived something, or, or if your division wasn't cut and you're still working there for a month. You know, so that was a bit of a, not surprise, but I mean, just the morale there. I just, you know, the being inside a company like that. Where... You can't imagine that anyone's yeah, feeling too great I, right now. Because by the yeah. end of today, basically by the end of this week, we'll have seen about 4,000 of the 7,000 planned cuts and, uh, the axe came down on hundreds of jobs this week, and we'll see what the final count is, uh, uh, you know, how many hundreds and thousands. But, yeah, we're still not done. We still have another 3,000 to go. And we saw, I think, some pretty expected areas, Disney branded TV yeah. and, and casting and, uh, you know, basically a lot of these spots in Disney General Entertainment where we were expecting them because we knew it wasn't going to come from, you know, theme parks or anything else. But, you know, we've seen cuts in ESPN. A lot of rank and file folks, um, you know, when you looked at LinkedIn, there's a lot of folks posting that they've been laid off, unfortunately, and are trying to figure out their next thing. And that just increasingly seems to be the vibe among rank and file Hollywood. Like we talk about CEOs and C-suiters and these really high profile execs, but the bulk of the people getting cut are not names that we've right. heard of and they're not, you know, um, you know, bold face names. And it's just uh, it's it's just a really unfortunate time to be uh, out there right now looking for a yeah. job. And it seemed like a lot of, uh, I guess, layoff or consolidation through layoff, like in the studio side, too, where now everybody has everybody has two jobs now. So if you're running development of uh, ABC Signature, you're now also running current and the current person is out, you know, so that these people who are still there are now. They're not doing less work. Asked with more. To, yeah. And still wondering if the hammer's going right, to fall over you know, the next month or so. Yeah. So not great for morale. I mean, not great for morale anywhere and, and everywhere else, too. It seems like there are cuts. I mean, we saw a pretty small round by comparison, 100 in Amazon Studios mm. uh, yesterday. So it's like the they are still coming. Like there are probably going to be some some, you know, smaller rounds coming in other places, too. Uh, that you know, maybe they'll they'll just be able to slip by while uh, everything's happening over at yeah, Disney. Yeah, that's that's very true. Um, and also, notably, uh, some Disney Plus layoffs on like the tech side. The head of essentially uh, products or what they you know they call it there uh, was you know who start was there before it launched. You know was 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 like or is being let go. And quite a few other names. Disney marketing lost a lot of SVPs, VPs. Like there's something af afoot there, in what's going to be the future of Disney plus it felt like to me like there was a lot of that that had a lot of concentration of bigger names that were out 
Yeah, I think it'll be interesting to see how they're planning on streamlining a lot of these departments and like how much double or triple duty they're yeah. going to make, say, marketing teams uh, do across across these different studios, especially after they already consolidated. They went from, what, three to two studios uh, a year or two ago. So you imagine there's already a lot of doubling up yeah. happening. Yeah. And a few, uh, well, I'll call them Disney Fox employees, and a lot of some people who were Fox employees or you know brought in were also part of this as well in some departments I saw. So, uh, but as he said, there's still three thousand ish more jobs you know to come here. And from Iger's last comment on this, it's probably going to be uh, somewhere around Memorial Day. Uh, I think late May was probably was around his guidance on that. So still another month. Uh, before this next uh, wave comes down and then the final things will be, you know, in June. So it's all wrapped up uh, in Q2. Yeah, but looking elsewhere, I mean, you were on all the earnings calls while Richard and I were at CinemaCon <laughs> this week. I mean, what's your sense of what's happening at Comcast and some of these other Yeah, places? Richard, do you have your Mike Cavanaugh meeting set yet? Uh, do you know who he is? I guess is my, maybe that's my first question. The, the man from J.P. Morgan. Uh, <laughs> yeah. The, as I noted in my piece on uh, Jeff Shell's departure, um, Hollywood's done a couple times in the last few years the the experiment with putting someone in charge of an entertainment company who doesn't have any history or relations with talent. Oh, Richard, and, wait, I'm, I'm getting a call from AT and T. They give it a thumbs up. They're all they're all for it. So good okay, yeah, yeah. There you go. It's uh, so uh, you know, try try the third time now and see 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 how it goes. Maybe it'll be a little better, but uh, seems to be the track that they're uh, they're ready to go down. Yeah. Then first, I guess, uh, well, we've already mentioned Jeff Shell's name, so that's more than uh, Comcast did on their earnings call. Elaine did, did not, Jeff Shell was not, the name was not mentioned. He was a Voldemort of the Comcast uh, oh, earnings call. Been disappeared he already. already. Like, and he was on on every call previously. He, you know, he wasn't just someone. What did they say? Brian Roberts started the call and he was, you know, just saying, uh, the quote was, I don't know, the quote in the wake up, one sentence line about, you know, uh, alluding to what's going on without saying what's going on, which is a classic, you know, corporate move. But I will say, you know, uh, Mike Cavanaugh, who's now, who's the president of Comcast. So he's the number two guy at Comcast to Brian Roberts, the, you know, kind of not heir apparent, but people kind of know to, to the family business there. Uh, was their CFO, was recently promoted in the fall. And, uh, you know, the, the comment was essentially they're not looking for a new CEO for NBCU. Um, Mike's comments himself were very much like um, this. He's still, you know, I think technically interim, but this sounded permanent to me. Uh, this quote, no timetable to find a new CEO for NBCU. Mike described uh, this new job as sustainable uh, for him uh, and saying he'd be there for a while, which been executive saying that uh, you can read into that as much as you like. Uh, you know, you say, you know, maybe someday there's a better way to approach it. Uh, but basically, I'm the guy. You know, it was basically the 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 vibe of the that was. And he did say there there may be some better way to approach it. Was a direct quote, but didn't sound like it was really job one or even job five at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so now we're even doubling up on C-suite roles. Uh, right? Yeah, and that's the cure. There's no head of NBCU. Like every, it's, it's a studio without a head. And what did any of the analysts have any <laughs> questions about that? Uh, pointed that out. But the, uh, the divisions. Uh, I mean, if, uh, effectively, he is he is the head. Though. I mean, the no, he, I mean, he literally is. He's reporting. The, I mean, yeah, but there's no other. I mean, because if you look at the, so Comcast is essentially two businesses. There's the cable, you know, broadband, mobile business, and then there's NBCU, two divisions. The same arrangement that David Zaslav went with, essentially. Uh, well, David Zaslav is the head of the... I mean, he is the head. That is just a studio. Uh, Comcast is made up of two groups, a studio and a cable company. The cable company has a president ahead. The studio 
head is the head of the head of the head company. There is nobody in between. So Donna Langley, Mark Lazar, everybody reports into Mike. So there is nobody in between that. Maybe you don't need it. Maybe, you know, but it's odd to have a Hollywood studio. Who's the studio head? Well, it's actually the head of the cable company. You know, the guy in yeah. Philadelphia, that's it. He's not in LA, you know, I mean, maybe out there more often he's coming out next week, according to the New York times, but it's a, you know, it's a curious thing. Maybe they don't need it, but you know, reading between the tea, uh, the tea leaves here, what that does for you is it gives you a lot of flexibility. If you're going to do something with NBCU where you don't have to worry about having someone new come in or newly promoted. And then six months later, you know, have to making a change, whether that's spinning it off, whether that's a yeah, WBD and- deal in, in 2024, they're getting a nice or could be getting a nice check from Disney for Hulu for $9 billion. That's a lot of cash to have in your pocket in 2024. You know, it just gives them, they're not making a move right we- now signals that good Richard. Yeah, no, and 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 we have a rich history here of uh, lately of uh, of of sort of ex- more business oriented executives saying, um, you know, I've done tough deals with cable companies. I handling actors and their agents that that that's <laughs> right. nothing. I can yeah I can handle that. And and uh, you know, he might uh, might just have a might just check in with Mr. Kylar and Mr. Chapek and uh, see what are the potential pitfalls there. <laughs> right. There's a theme park um, uh, hubbub. The, uh, God the bless. Thing is, uh, you know, the thing is when you have a, when, when you have a, an ugly negotiation with the editor, with, with the owner of a, of a regional uh, broadcast company about, ca- about carriage fees on your cable business, um, you don't have the entire press turning it into a, a three week story. And, talking about how you've betrayed this great talent and uh yeah that role gives you a buffer uh of having that jeff shell in there because they can be the person out in front of it where you're out in well, front and of it they, they can up. also be the they can also be the person that that has relationships with with the talent and their agents right. and, and knows knows how to handle this and knows where these things can uh explode if you don't manage them carefully more to come here uh but get to know the name mike kavanaugh uh for sure uh one way one way or another, uh, over at Peacock, uh, you know, uh, some generally positive numbers, but except for the big one, you know, they lost another $704 million in three months. Um, they're going to lose $3 billion on this in 2023, Richard. Uh, I, it was with no plan for a profit. There's not like even a statement like, but we will be out of the, out of the red by 2025 or whatever it's going to be. They just said that this year will be the worst of the loss, but there's no plan for profit. There's no plan here. There's, there's nothing like, oh, but by the way, we don't worry. We see the the sunshine on the horizon, Richard. That's not even in in the in the I, conversation. I'd I'd take the over on on Peacock because um, Ankler rule number one: this is a business of hits, and hits change everything. And um, Peacock has been delivering some some solid oh, no programming. Doubt. Getting but and that and, and that is the playbook. Like get but do do some shows, get buzz, get people talking, get people generating into it, and and then you have a couple, you have one or two shows that break through, and uh, the entire world changes. And it's 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 hard to predict what that will look like and what the shape of that will be. But but uh, you know they are potentially on the track to that, and uh, they 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 went from sort of nothing resonating to. Things are starting to pop a little bit. So now, if they can take that to things are starting to pop a lot, then uh, then you can start to write a business plan that 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 works around it. 
Who do they have that's really qualified as a hit so far? I mean, yeah. has Poker Face really performed for them the way that yeah, they Yeah, I'd say Poker Face is legitimate. That has even ranked in Nielsen and things like that. That That's definitely hit the radar. Um, you know, Best Man mm-hmm. Holiday did a great number, and not that kind of number, but a good number mm-hmm. in, in December. The movies have done, I think, rel- the, you know, the, the theatrical films that hit Peacock soon after theatrical have done done pretty well so yeah there's definitely been fresh prince uh, the uh, bel air's done oh you know decently for them i don't know their major hit i think but i think poker phase definitely undeniably was a big a big move for them for sure i gotta wonder whether hits to what extent they get canceled out by economic uncertainty i mean you you need to i think you need to keep having them and i think it would right. if, if someone they're they're looking to cut their household expenses and they sub, notice they subscribe to five of these services and say okay well we can get to it too they'll keep the ones that they're watching shows on at that moment and uh the one that they haven't watched a show on in a year is probably in danger yeah, I mean, you know, uh, and then I will say revenue was up, you know, plus sixty five percent over the year. The, the, you know, they essentially think it was about six hundred and eighty million dollars in, in Q one. Um, so it's you know, at Richard, your point, hits are important, but if what you're charging for the service isn't equating to what you need to fund those hits, that's where and there's no path to making it. You know, I mean, remember, Peacock's still, you know, five bucks and ten bucks. It's not even, you know, anywhere near the the Netflixes or uh, Disney Pluses of the world. And maybe they'll raise that. But, I mean, they had a deal last year. I paid, you know, two bucks a month for it. They had $20 per year for it. Uh, So it's one thing to have the hits, which Richard is is uh, rule number one and job number one, certainly. But at which point do the numbers of the fundamentals of the business, you know, work out when the losses just keep going in the other direction, despite having a big quarter of the poker face and you know you have the olympics come back you know which we'll see what that does for it but 704 million is a lot to lose and again there there is no like with disney disney plus they've stated you know by essentially fall of 2024 we you know streaming will be profitable hbo max has made a lot of gains on their losses their losses were down dramatically in q4 uh the streaming division losses and we'll see what what their numbers come in at uh in may you know you see a path there to like okay we have we know we're losing money but and here it's just we're losing money and we're we're gonna do better in 2024 we can't tell you by how much and i mean look the hulu question is still out there so there is a element to that business that maybe you know we, we're not seeing at this point but we'll so. see. i just you know when netflix was a dvd by mail order business could you have predicted what the effect of house of cards would be on it sure no I, right. the, could you how could you could you have mapped that out and, and then it happens and a business grows around it and yep um we shall see but elaine that just one the thing that i found curious but back to the europe thing but you know there's no mention of sky in their earnings report anymore a company they paid 39 billion dollars for five years ago you know they, they've changed the reporting around different names is now international and so forth but that that just struck me as like wow, like you spent forty billion dollars on this thing, and it's barely even. You know, it used to have one slide in the presentation deck, you know, and now it does none. As all these conglomerates get bigger, I feel like that's a thing that you see in these earnings calls now, right? It's like how many mentions of Apple TV Plus do you get on an <laughs> Apple call? Right. How many mentions of uh, you know, Amazon Studios, you get on an Amazon call. So it's like, yeah, on a Comcast call, when are you going to mention a Sky? Like, there's fine print somewhere yeah. in the quarterly earnings, and that's it. And it's like, I think that says something about the state of M&A. I, it certainly does. But, I mean, it's like you paid $40 billion for this thing, and what? Why exactly? What's going on here that you don't even – anyway, that's a 
Um, I, you know, I gave you guys an assignment last week. I hope you came through for me. I'm going to cut it down, but I need my top three foods. I need the fun foods, Richard, from CinemaCon to round us out this week. Well, uh, I'll preface it by saying I, I think we're both um, disappointed that the foods were not. Uh, oh, they, they they weren't pushing the, the the boundaries of what we think of as foods this time. There was no um, taco they, hot dog. There or... were no chicken flavored hot dogs or hamburger flavored hot dogs. Was that what yeah, you had last? They offered me a a chili cheese dog, and I and 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 I accepted it. And they gave me a hot dog, and I, I waited for the the chili and the cheese to be placed on top of it. And they said, "No, it's it's inside the dog." Oh, wow, that's disappointing. Less messy yeah, though. It was was the Cheetos flavored popcorn. I thought was a uh, a little a little bit much. That was that 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 was what maybe pushed me over the edge in my. Was it just too ostentatious for you, yeah. Richard? <laughs> maybe were your coming... fingers too sticky, Richard. Was that it? Maybe was it too much on the uh, the dust. Maybe uh, chili cheese dog and Cheetos popcorn are not are not the best combination uh, in, in the world. <laughs> it was the pairing uh, that was the problem. I see. If you're okay. thinking of uh, trying, but uh, by and large, it was you know. Junior mints and and red vines and uh, going back to the classics. Promises were made, Richard. No, well, and I, the, the chili dog, <laughs> the internal chili dog, was there. So I will say, I made a very concerted effort over about forty five minutes to go up and down the aisles and eat one of everything, oh and emerged feeling quite That's, sickly. Yeah. Uh, in the name of journalism, <laughs> um, I was there for about fifteen. I was there for about fifteen minutes and needed to be taken out in a stretcher. It was, wow! Uh, wow! <laughs> Bold uh, but I learned a lot. I was talking to a lot of these booth folks and trying to learn more about their foods and like what's new for this right. year. Surprisingly, not a lot was new for this year. There were some new flavors of things, but I was talking to an icy guy and he said they were having some supply chain uh, issues. Classic. So yes, but I did have uh, a vitamin water icy, which I think uh, at that stage uh, at the trade show counted as a health food. <laughs> um, Talked to like the 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 Pop Joy guys and was learning about how much more difficult it is to make caramel macchiato flavored popcorn than say a regular cheese popcorn because you have to have the layers of the caramel and the coffee and the chocolate and so it's a very time consuming process. Appreciate mm-hmm. what goes into that. Yeah, exactly. As I stuff my face with popcorn. <laughs> I enjoyed the something called a chicken roller bite, which is exactly what it sounds like. It's a chicken, ground chicken in the shape of a hot dog on one of those like 7-Eleven uh, roller yeah. things. Yeah, it looks kind of disgusting, but actually tasted quite delicious. Nice. I like all, all the reporting yes. with your mouth full. This is great. So it's like, okay, ask another question. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me, sir. Uh, but my children appreciated the giant duffel bag of candy that I brought back for the the goodie bags that we were given upon checking in. Richard, you were uh, you did not you, you did not lie about that one. Giant bag of candy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, less, less so than in past years, though. It was giant, but not sort of uh, comically giant this year. <laughs> It was more of adult drama giants, I think, was the... Uh, yeah. I don't know, it was pretty big. When I got stopped by TSA on the way back... <laughs> Excuse me, ma'am. I, I didn't realize that they had put in a bottle, like a sports drink, like a body armor, oh, Gatorade-type okay. oh, sports yeah. drink in the yeah. bag. And I just stuffed the entire bag in my suitcase, and the TSA lady was, like, going through, and I was like, oh, you know what, I think I know what it is. And she went through, and she was like, this is... She's like, lady, this is a lot of candy. And I'm like, yeah. You got, <laughs> like I just pulled a heist on a candy snack store. Shamed by TSA. <laughs> I did. <laughs> All right, we'll see what happens when you return next year and hear 
the movies are back again. Uh, no, we'll have a new a new speech for next year, I'm sure. Um, looking ahead this week, uh, earnings week, week two, uh, Richard, trying to contain your excitement uh, as the mm. Q1 earnings season continues on here, Richard. Um, we have Paramount and Warner Brothers Discovery uh, later in the week. All right. So, Bring on Backish. <laughs> exactly. let's, let's get the Backish show. Backish in black. Has anyone used that <laughs> headline? <laughs> I don't know if earnings calls have a hashtag, Richard, but if they do, I think that I think we just you know Paramount, that's uh give you know, Richard ten dollars for that. That's uh yeah, that's not free. So you know, make sure you get the, <laughs> the copyright on that, Richard. Um then we also have AMC Theaters and AMC Networks uh getting a discount of some sort as they're doing their call at the same time on uh, on Friday morning. So a big thank you from me uh, to both of those companies. Um, the movie theaters, uh, which we were talking about, we have Mario still going fourth week in a row. Uh, there's no stopping this film and no stopping Elaine from not seeing it, I think is probably where, where we ended up. Elaine, are you still are you still Mario free? I'm still All Mario right. free. End of August. Um, the big movie this weekend, the, the, the biggest new releases, the Are You There God? It's me, Margaret from Lionsgate. So I'll have that on all your box office coverage in the wake up on Monday morning which you can subscribe to over at theankler.com. Richard and Elaine, always a pleasure. Glad you both survived. Uh, are we sending you to Con, by the way, or is there a new food element to that festival? Uh, <laughs> that sounds much too healthy. <laughs> so. <laughs> so, so the- that's a pass. <laughs> exactly. Right. Domestic only for Richard Rushfield. So uh, thanks as always for listening, everybody, and we'll see you next week. 